So I want to become a dog trader. Oh, yeah? But when I look, I just don't know who to join. Yeah. It's a sea of acronyms, and it appears to be unregulated. <laughs> I want to know my money is well spent with me joining a team of dynamic, ethical professionals who have the same goals as me. I also want to be taught using the most up-to-date, science-led data. So where do I go? You heard of Pat? It's a place to go to become the most knowledgeable, skilled, ethical, science-based dog training instructor you can be. It's also one of the few organisations good enough to be a member of the Animal Behaviour and Training Council. The Professional Association of Canine Trainers, PACT for short, is here to help you become the best accredited dog trainer you can be. PACT gonna help you reach your goals. PACT is the place you need to go. Oh, PACT if you love dogs like we do too. PACT we are indeed the place for you. PACT it's time to take that leap of faith. PACT delay no further while you wait. Come find us at packed-dogs.com. Barks from the bookshop and we're gonna learn about the dogs and barks from the bookshop and we're gonna learn together. Barks from the bookshop and we're gonna learn about the dogs and barks from the bookshop till we're gone. Barks from the bookshop and we're gonna learn about our dogs and barks from the bookshop and we're gonna learn together. Barks from the bookshop, we're gonna learn about our dogs and barks from the bookshop. Hello! Hello! Hello, 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 hello! Are you melting? Still in the midst of a heat wave here in the UK, I can report to listeners from other parts. I know other people are having heat waves all over there. I was looking at uh, Madrid or something. Was it Madrid the other day? It was like 44 or something ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. That's insane. Bonkers. That shouldn't, shouldn't be allowed. Um, but, you know. Oh, puppy. My puppy is squeaking. Oh. Can you hear her? I can, I can hear her. Well, she's squeaking. Jay, the puppy's squeaking. She wants to see Jay. Oh, he's coming back. He's coming back. Sorry, everyone. I That's can't okay. do. I can't do anything at the moment because um, <laughs> I'm puppy. Well, if if there was ever an audience that's going to be sympathetic to squeaking puppies and having to halt proceedings Indeed. to sort a puppy out, it should be our audience, shouldn't it? It should be our audience. I hope they don't mind me being slightly unprofessional. <laughs> Plus, I mean, we've both had very heavy computer days today haven't we so i don't know if any words will actually come out in the right order tonight yeah it's been uh, a peek behind the curtain but i yeah i have i think literally been on the computer for about nine hours non-stop a little bit oh my goodness uh writing the pat complete puppy course i might as well do a little ad for it might i um if you like do you like puppies no that's not really good ad is it um (laughs) Over the last the last kind of uh, year, two more longer than that now, I think year and a half, I've been researching and writing a puppy course, um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm delivering it. We're in the middle of week uh, part two at the moment, and it's lots and lots of fun. But um, I've been just feverishly putting my lecture up today um, for tomorrow, uh, which is all about puppy socialization. Something that you're You've been doing a little bit of, haven't you? A little bit, you know, a little bit. Living living uh, the dream, uh, the puppy dream. Um, class was very good last night. Thank you very much. Puppy yeah, and that, and that came to my puppy classes last night, which yeah. I always find quite nerve-wracking, I must be honest. Oh, don't be silly. I know, I don't, I don't ever want to find it nerve-wracking, but I always do. I think any, whenever anyone's there that that I care about, <laughs> that's when I get nervous. Aww. When I care well, about people's Well, I take opinions. that as a compliment, but... Not that I'm some scary dragon or something. <clears throat> I find it hard being a client. I start like chatting to your clients about dog things and they must be like, wow, this woman is really over familiar. <laughs> That's all right. I should actually probably say, shouldn't I? I should. No, don't. I like being incognito. <laughs> well, she did very well, didn't she, little Bob? We did a did. little, had a little social circuit um, last night, we like to call it. More like an experience circuit, I think. I might change the name Indeed. of that. But, um, yeah. 
had some little novel surfaces and novel objects to explore and a little enrichment corner and some handling stuff and it was very good yeah doggy meets and very greets good. always cute and i was actually really impressed with how well she would dealt with wearing her little harness and her lead because we haven't really done much at home yet at all ah. so there was no there's no rashes there it's all she's got lots to learn so um but yeah she did great so exactly so do you want to tell everyone why we're here? Why why are we here? Why are we here? What do you mean? Yeah, do you mean Philosophically. in general the human race? Or... <laughs> if, you've, if you've got those answers, I am all ears, I'll be honest. No, no I no. haven't. No. Not after today. Um, uh, we are here for one of our lovely conference promo-y thingamabobby bobs mm. um, to speak to one of our speakers. Um, called Sarah Tapsell, who is brilliant. And I've known her for years, and she is going to be talking at the conference about how to um, create links within the rescue community. Um, so she's worked for uh, most of the big uh, rescue charities, so she's very well-placed um, and experienced to talk about it. Um, but I think, you know, having links with your local rescue centres can just pay dividends because it can help you if you're just starting out get more experience mm. if you haven't got a dog but you want one you can go along and volunteer and get your dog fixed um if a case doesn't work out and you need to look at rehoming it's great to have those links there mm. um and if you want to take it a step further you can do what i do and become a dog pusher <laughs> yeah that is a good way to describe you <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. How many dogs do you think you've pushed over the years? Oh, my word. 20, 30? 20 or 30 dogs. There you go. Yeah. People people are doing doing years for less than that, I reckon. <laughs> doing hard time. Yeah, I, I just ain't been caught yet, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and the ones you don't push, you end up rehoming yourself. Oh, yeah, they just come. <laughs> yeah, I think... Sometimes it's a one-way system in sometimes it's a revolving door <laughs> that's the way i look and at it no one knows which one it's going to be exactly um i think yeah i i think that that point about getting some experience like getting your hands on some dogs sounds horrible don't you? getting your hands on some dogs but you know <laughs> like um being around or even just observing other people there but if if there are appropriate dogs that you can do a little bit of training with um well, it's a great thing, isn't it? A great thing to get in, yeah. um, in there. And... Yeah, really great. And, um, uh, you know, I'm not saying that every rescue centre would be able to accommodate, no. you know, people that want to get into work with dogs, but a lot of them are crying out for, uh, you know, dog-savvy volunteers. Um, and it's a win-win, really, isn't it? And I think, um, I just think you get such a different level of experience working in rescue because mm. sometimes you are faced with a dog with no equipment on and you've got to get them out of kennel safely <laughs> mm. without getting bit and without knowing that dog's history and so it makes you very uh observant about what's going on with their body language so yeah and you know all our dogs are rescue dogs aren't they so we yep. know that we love our we love our rescues um so I think it's a really important uh discussion to have with with Sarah and she's a brilliant person to do it. I when when I'm doing like one to ones um quite often obviously we we see loads and loads of puppies loads and loads of puppies love puppies love the puppy gardens love all that but every so often you you find these relationships with these people that have rescued dogs that have mm. you know they've almost saved each other you know and I love those yeah. And you can just tell when people almost immediately when people like walk through the gates of our training venue, we can sort of tell what sort of relationship they got with those dogs. And they're almost like, you know, they were made for one another. I know it doesn't always work that way, but um, there's some really, really nice moments. They're, they're the ones that I really cherish, I think, when it comes to one to ones and things, people that have rescued dogs and that are developing that relationship, getting to know one another um learning they're not ru they're not rushing yeah you yeah. know they just want to yeah they just want to know that you know and you and you'll get little phrases on your new client forms like i want to learn to understand my dog so i can make them happier or 
or something like that. Do you know something that's not like it's not just a list of like obedience things they <laughs> they want to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah, I think I don't know. I guess if we were to look at it, you know, psychologically, are people more drawn to rescue dogs that have maybe had a, a bit of trauma and you know are maybe more of an empath. Don't know, really. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons to go down either the the breeder route or the rescue route. But yeah, certainly my experience has been when it works, it works really well. I mean, don't get me wrong, you still get, you know, relinquishments and it doesn't work out. But it's yeah. just it just it's so rewarding, I think. Anyway. And then there's the whole foreign rescue debate. Oh God, don't get me signed on that. <laughs> That's probably for another day. What do you think? Could yeah, whole... yeah, let's whole podcast talking about that yeah yeah exactly (laughs) so sarah i've seen is here she's she's here she's in the waiting room in the green room he is in the waiting room. probably having all of the snacks and the uh bottle of jameson's Mm -hmm. that we left out in the uh, in the waiting room (laughs) so we should probably get our butlers to uh go and uh and let the yeah jeeves jeeves (laughs) jeeves go and get sarah okay (laughs) folks Exciting times, exciting times at Barks from the Bookshelf. Um, so we are speaking today to the absolutely wonderful Sarah Tapsell. How are you, Sarah? Hello, it's good to be here with you. Hello. And Hi. You're in your animal room, aren't you? So yes. you tell us who you're surrounded by because you're a yeah. multi-species household, aren't you? I am. I know I'm here to talk about dogs, which obviously is my main professional <laughs> passion, but I also have Hamster, chinchillas, rats, and rabbits. That is everything. Wow. And wow. cats, as well as dogs. Um, wow. Wow. Mostly rescue. Amazing. Amazing. And do they, do they all... Uh... Can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah, I can hear you. We've frozen, but we can still hear you. Oh, frozen? you're back. There we go. Ah, back sorry. The no, one, no, we heard all of that. Technology. Oh, that's good. Okay, <laughs> you froze. Just froze. It's My fine. internet's like it won't, you know, can't do this. Uh, that's <laughs> what happens when you live in the Cotswolds. It's lovely, but the countryside does not do internet. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I all, I do love all species, but dogs, let's face it, dogs need a lot of help. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's where my direction has gone. So, um, and I'm a, you know, a massive supporter of Pat. I have been from the very beginning so so happy with you're the... like the original crew, am, aren't yeah you? that's like a like a, a secret a <laughs> secret fact is like yeah, yeah I mean me and um my friend Ryan yeah we do argue over who was number one and who was number two <laughs> <laughs> but I really think we were maybe guinea pigs and you guys have brought it forward so so well like what do you I saw on your Facebook page five you're 500. Well, that's 500 ABTC ATIs. So with the other practitioner organizations as well. Yeah. But we're, yeah, we've doubled our membership um, in a year. So I hope you guys are all happy with what we're doing. And oh, yeah, no, it's amazing. So look, it's... I always spread the packed word. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> good. Yeah, it's it's been a big challenge, but great fun meeting some lovely people. So. Yeah. So yeah, it's great to have um your support. So um you are a, a kind of I, I see us in a, a similar sort of group which, which are the the ATI <laughs> trainers that started off, you know, sweeping poo out of kennels and have <laughs> have worked their way up um and dragged themselves out of the cesspits. Um <laughs> Still occasionally uh, go back into the system. Still occasionally go back. Yeah, you know absolutely. we're never good and we're never too good for that. No, never, never. I know, still um, had to scrub a kennel. Yeah, I, exactly. I might not be quite as fit as I was in my twenties, but yeah, <laughs> I still do it. Yeah, so um, I think uh, there's there's quite a few of us out there that are maybe now doing behaviour work. So we've got our CCAB um, certification, but that really understand the the ins and outs of 
of working in a kennel and yeah. the, the training and the importance and I think that part of that is a massive reason why I have the utmost respect for anyone that works in uh, yeah. rescue, the rescue sector. Um, I'm not 100% sure I could do it full time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think my house is big enough for all the animals that I would bring <laughs> home. <laughs> yeah, don't don't get me started on you here. Exactly. Yeah. So I think what would be a really good uh, just bit of an intro, Sarah, if you're happy to, is oh. just you know tell us what you love about working in rescue now I know you've had loads of experience of different organizations and we don't want to get into the ins and outs of uh you know this charity does this and what's the policy on this this is more about um what your passion is really and how you've managed to carve such an amazing career for yourself um uh so over to you really if you're happy to give us a little history of Sarah Tapsell and (laughs) and without you know I don't want to give too much away for for the talk but um Mm -hmm. yeah and and it definitely I I I don't want to focus on which charities and how they work but it's very important and they all vary and they all have their place um in the industry and I'm very lucky to have worked with some of the big ones Mm -hmm. um but I really want I have a real do you know what? It's not just having a passion for working in rescue and working with animals. It's having a passion. I, I have a real passion for helping people get into the industry and push yeah. forward because there's certain people in my life uh, in the past and now that I wouldn't be where I am without some mentorship, some guidance, some word of wisdom, uh, words of wisdom, or even just someone for me to go, ah, ah, yeah. and like, what do I do next? And oh my yeah. God, this is so hard. Um in in so many ways um but you know I have a passion for it and I really want to uh through Pat I really want to and through my 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 current job and any job I do I'd want to bring that forward for other people because I'm so so lucky where I am I have definitely worked hard for it yeah yeah you I I did work experience from 15 at my local vets I did like I did zoo work. I volunteered like every every spare moment in my undergrad um, degree at a wolf charity, which mm-hmm. like that in itself, as well as I did some sea life centre work. Just two weeks, that was all. But I did another two weeks at uh, a zoo, a different zoo, and then working with birds. And I wasn't even I wasn't even I was still in my early twenties at that point, mm-hmm. and that made my CV look amazing. Um, because it was different from everyone else mm. I've always pushed push push to do what what needs to be done and the problem with this job or or pushing yourself forward in the industry is you have to go above and beyond yeah. and it's really tough and you're not going to get paid huge amounts at the end of it and you're going to have some debt from courses and the time you've spent volunteering and you have to weigh that up it is a hundred percent worth it definitely, mm. definitely worth it but it, it it's not it's not for the faint-hearted and you have to commit and you have to be passionate and you have to push yourself forward but what I really hope I can do is to help people with like the top tips and this is how it worked for me because unless you've got someone helping you along and you know telling you the mistakes they made and the or the good steps they made you have to figure it out on your own and that's yeah. really tough because you can take you can take a wrong step and you know that's the end of your not not the end of your career that's a bit dramatic but you know it, it, the it, right it, doors might not open yeah you might not be yeah. opening the right doors you might be passionate you might be educated you might be committed but the right doors aren't opening and you don't know why and the industry is so difficult in that way so mm-hmm. you know I I love what I do it it's keeps me awake and alert and engaged with the world it makes it allows me to meet amazing animals like my chihuahua who's currently whining <laughs> I don't know if that you can pick that up I, she... he- I heard a little puffing squeak yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not paying attention to her but anyway um you know you end up having such an enriched life and that's why I love it as well because you meet amazing people be it your colleagues your peers or or the people you you know you work with as a counsellor or 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 other staff members who may not be behaviorists but their their love is in the right place mm-hmm. um and that's not even talking about the animals I'm just talking about the people you know <laughs> and then you meet the animals that you work with and gosh that that's what it's for so yeah I think I 
sometimes I don't like using the word passionate because like that's what's on the top of everyone's CV. It's <laughs> yeah, true. yeah. That's how yeah. I feel. <laughs> yeah. I'm passionate. Um and I'm committed and you know, I I still, you know, I still am like, oh, what am I gonna do next? How do I, you know, what's the next adventure? You know, how can I explore this industry more? Um, so I really hope that I can sort of it's it's not like giving away some secrets it's not like that everyone can figure that out on their own but it's almost like well let's have a chat about how to do this the the best way mm-hmm. you know let's not cut corners let's make you a very good whether you're a trainer or or a behavior counselor pup, you know where it's a puppy trainer or dogs with severe trauma in rescue it, it there are so many pathways and i think it's really useful to be able to have potentially someone like myself who really wants to help people along that along that way and it's so important because the industry will only remain what it is if we keep bringing people into it Um, and and it is difficult and it costs money and it costs time and it's stressful and the only way we can bring keep bringing the really good people into it is by helping them along you know that's that yeah so I love my job I love my work I love the animals to bits but I do love I do love the people in it, which isn't, isn't, you know, that's probably not normal for most dog people. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not what they, they start off thinking they're going into anyway. And then you yeah. meet some amazing people. Um, and I think that's really important what you say as well, because it working in the sector in general can be quite disheartening sometimes mm. let's be honest yeah um when you're you know you're not sure if the phone's gonna ring you've had bad case after bad case mm. or you know you've had some someone bow, bad mouthing you down the road or classes aren't filling up and think about it from a um, someone working in a rescue perspective yeah the 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 bad things that could happen one after the other are actually pretty serious you know you have a few dogs put to sleep you yeah. have a few dogs that can't be rehomed or are long stayers. They break my heart. Yeah. Um, you know, you have, I don't know, uh, um, the, the, usually a lot of the centres that I work with are massively understaffed, so you're working on your own a lot. There's a lot of pressure, resources yep. low. Exactly. You're, you're, a lot of the time you're trying to fit, you know, a, a square peg into a round hole, whether yeah. it's you know what the dog needs but you can't resource it or you know the home the dog needs but you can't find it or 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 you've got 20 of that dog (laughs) yeah there's so many reasons why um why it can be frustrating and why you need to use your skills and get on the right career path to get experience knowledge education and and have a good peer group behind you to to, so you are successful with that Mm. and I think again not to give too much away but learning about how to talk to people how to take care of yourself so you don't burn out mm-hmm. um there's there's a lot more to having a successful career in rescue than just working in rescue it, yeah. it, it, you know you have to kind of develop yourself and it's really easy to focus on okay i need to know how to train a dog and i need to know my behavior skills and my counseling skills but, you know, working with people is tricky. Supporting yourself is tricky. And there's multiple elements that can lead you to have a very successful career. But some of them you find out along the road and it becomes a bit of a shock. <laughs> you know, oh, this yeah. is this is not quite as fluffy and cuddly as I thought it was going to be. How do I how do I navigate this? How do I make this work for me while still being a good practitioner? Um which I think some of us have found out ourselves, <laughs> but I think yeah. definitely those top tips or that advice or those pathways to take or the the setting the right expectations for yourself um, that can really, again, help you have a successful career, help you be really good working in rescue um, and in other ways in the industry. Um so I think it's it's it is quite broad. I think we we all require a lot of skills, but again, getting getting the heads up can be super super helpful because then you you know where you're going. You can set yourself your goals. You've got your pathway. You know what you want to achieve. You know, be it one thing at a time or or a long term plan. And I think that's 
it's so helpful to have someone just give some direction because a lot of the time I think unless you're a member of an organization but even then you're on your own a lot of the time mm-hmm. um having having some pointers is is like a breath of fresh air I think and I've had people in my career that have done that and boy you know um, it, it's made all the difference it really has well yeah. I just so I'm very conscious that I've, I think I've been sat here for 13 minutes and not spoken once which is <laughs> Which is a first for me. That's never happened. But sometimes, sorry, I talk too much. No, 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 you don't. No, you don't. No, it's a, it's Lovely. a sign. It's a sign of like I'm really interested in what's being said. Um, oh, good. I, so, I'm glad. So that's that's Thank really, really, it's really, <laughs> it's a great sign. So, um, my my question is this: so how um, with how we're all about like connecting communities. That's what the conference kind of thing is all about. Mm-hmm. So. Where where are the and this is a bit of a vague question, so apologies in advance, but but where are the benefits, would you say? Again, I don't want you to obviously to, to um to give no anything spoilers. away about your talk or any spoilers, so this might be <laughs> difficult to answer. But where are the benefits in terms of uh like a tra- a, a, a trainer that's looking for experience, sort of reaching out maybe to a to a rescue? Mm. Where where would the benefits be there? What would you say? Yeah, there? I must remember that connecting communities, which is just such a beautiful title. <laughs> and it's so encompassing. And you know, again, we can really feel like we're on our own. And mm. that's what again, not not over over uh, uh supporting pack, but you do that. You support <laughs> your you support your members so so well. Um so I wasn't surprised that that was the the title of the conference at all. Um <laughs> The thing with reaching out, I think, when you are in the industry is you will hit barriers. You'll have some people that yeah. maybe have their own interests at heart mm-hmm. or they haven't learned some of the more social human skills that they may need um, to negotiate working with so many people, so many different types of people. So there are going to be knockbacks, but the only way you can step yourself forward is by having some stamina to keep going Mm. and again you know that does connect back to that you know what's your own self-development not just about dogs and and connected things but taking care of yourself and developing yourself to have the resilience to reach out and continue continuing to do that to go for those interviews to volunteer and make the time to talk to people to ask questions to find the right person to to connect with and inspire you because there will be those people in rescue, many of them that love talking about dogs, very happy to take the time to discuss things with with you, even if you're just a volunteer, which I say in a silly voice because we all maybe feel like when we're volunteering, we're just a volunteer. But we all know rescues are like, like de- you know, they, they would fail without their volunteers. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to do half of the work. Yeah, they... the volunteers are amazing and the right people will recognise that and recognise the effort. And then they're the people you want to connect with and they're the people that, that can give you, you know, they're not going to have much time. They're not going to give you days of their, you know, days no, and things sure. like that. What they're going to do is give you, you know, five minutes of really useful advice. And the more people you can get on board and the more names you know and the more experience you have the more you reach out the more people will reach out to you I mean I again in my in my career I've done a lot of volunteering um I do know people that even now um I meet 10 years later and I've worked with them and we have a great conversation because because I reached out to them and had a chat with them 10 years ago yeah so, you know there you do need to invest but it pays off um and I think you know the communities that exist within rescue and within the industry they're they're so different you know I would not want to be the person to draw that spider diagram of of who it entails because Mm -hmm. it would be it'd be so many different people but you do have to be brave you do have to put yourself out there you do have to make an effort because these people are busy but they will recognize you if you are genuine and honest and and make a difference to the dogs and the animals that you're with and then they will want to 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 help inspire you further but you do have to you do have to push forward a little bit which isn't easy for some people because we we're all we can be shy we can all feel that imposter syndrome and 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 all the rest of that but then again 
the right people will support you with that and they'll understand i i can tell you know i i could talk probably all day about the 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 stuff that i've had to negotiate in my career but that does include burnout and it does include imposter syndrome it does include brick walls mm-hmm. it does include failure um and it probably will again hopefully not to to any extreme but you know that is there are people that will understand that and there are ways to negotiate it and there's ways to take care of yourself and there's ways to to make good decisions and to push through it um and it will pay off it, you know yeah. I keep saying that it will pay off you will get there um unfortunately no one is there to directly hold your hand but the, there are people out there that if you open yourself up um and make yourself vulnerable and and on it you're honest about things which is scary you will get you will get that amazing feedback from people um but you have to almost I'm going to sound really cheesy but you do have to almost inspire yourself first Mm. um and then and then it's almost like you then have the right shiny demeanor to bring the right people in it's always sorry 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 carry on carry on it's hard work but again it's worth it and i want to keep i keep saying it's worth it because there's so many times where i'm like oh my god this is yeah like yeah yeah like i've got friends that have you know not not been to university twice and i'm still paying off university (laughs) (laughs) they're like oh you're earning an okay wage now i'm like yes but i still am paying this off but but I get to go and do such amazing work and it is worth it. And I always want to repeat that because sometimes I'm persuading myself that it's worth it. And sometimes I know it's <laughs> worth it. <laughs> uh-huh. It seems to be a big, a big thing in our industry, this this idea of um, people being worried, scared to put themselves out there. I think like I think social media probably plays a huge part in that yeah. as well, I'm sure. But I some some of the best things that have ever happened to me in my in my life have come right after some of the like worst knockbacks I've ever had you know so mm-hmm. there is that kind of you know there there is always I don't know it sounds putting a string of cliches out there but yeah. there is always something else and there's always like a light at the end of the tunnel there's always you know the the you know it's always darkest before the dawn and all of those <laughs> things you know all of that sort of stuff and I think you know, by making yourself vulnerable and putting yourself out there you learn if even if you don't get what you want, you come away with something, you know, yeah. something out of those sorts of experiences. So if anyone's out there listening and they're sort of scared about, oh, I don't know whether to send that email or write that mm. letter or write that letter. Am I like in the 1920s? Um, or, <laughs> send that <yeah>. pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> Fan that smoke. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I do do encourage people to do it. It's really, really, it is difficult and it's scary waiting for things to come back as well, isn't it? And sometimes you don't ever get any answers, um, but you and learn also, something. Yeah. Also, I think, um, it's about being a bit humble when you're at that stage as well. And I mean, I, I know that I've had a couple of emails um, from people that are looking to get into the industry. Um, and, you know, uh, not that I'm that judgmental, but the way you approach people mm. is very important. And you, uh, you know, asking someone to call you back later that afternoon is is probably not the best way to start a, a relationship with a potential mentor really uh, expectations exactly and, and others yes yeah and you know if you haven't heard anything in a couple of months follow it up say yeah. that I know you're busy I I know what you do for a living and if there's anything I could do da, 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 da. you know it's 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 having those um those conversations I think and yeah that is scary putting yourself out there but I think it's also um you know when you you need to find out the reality of working in rescue and that's where volunteering mm-hmm. is just amazing because it might not be for you um no, and it isn't for some definitely yeah and definitely. you know once you that's why I love volunteer I remember when I first graduated and I was like yep yeah, I'm going to be an outdoor ranger I'm going to wander around um, I'm going to wander around my wildlife reserve and I'm going to talk to people about wildlife and that's what I'm going to do and I did uh, volunteering for a week where we were putting a fence in uh, so that it could be grazed 
for the whole week I was like nope I want an office job <laughs> yeah yeah no exactly the reality you know the reality is I'm out in the sunshine with dogs a lot but yeah. also I keep permanent wet weather gear and <laughs> yeah. in my car <laughs> because you know I get yeah. wet and soggy and muddy and all the rest that comes with animals a lot and and that isn't for some people but it's okay if it's not for you but you have to try and find out yeah um but I do think that's a really good point you know getting yourself in there ASAP find out the realities of certain certain aspects of working um in in those industries and those jobs um uh you know and and finding out the the positives and the negatives because you will have to deal with both mm-hmm. um and the positives outweigh the negatives that's for sure but um the negatives can give you a really bad day in rescue because you're yeah. not you're not dealing with an owner who who loves their dog and has approached you to try and you know even though they're stressed and the dog's stressed who's approached you to try and make improvements you're dealing with a ownerless dog in a usually in a kennel situation that's usually going through a lot mm-hmm. um and you have to be there for them and sometimes it works out amazingly and sometimes it doesn't and you know any decision you make and any work you do is always in that dog's best interest it's always in the best interest of the people you work with the the public and especially that dog um and you have to own that and in, and 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 work with the as you say work with the reality and then take those good days yeah and, and 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 you know be give yourself give yourself a pat on the back when you deserve it and and again reach out and communicate and connect with the people you work with because they know how it is and they will be there to support you as well and I think that is one of the massive benefits of working in rescue is you're not consulting as a sort of lone self-employed person mm-hmm. <laughs> which is you know I've done that and I like it but I don't love it um, I like working, you know, within a team of some sort, um, you know, and one of the massive benefits of rescue is you're working with some wonderful people and you're there together and, and you know, you'll make lifelong friends and, and you know, those connections will last forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's all about. And you'll also probably pick up a dog or two on the way. <laughs> <laughs> those connections will last forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a slight little kind of left turn of a question, if you don't mind, Sarah. Yes, um, obviously, we're in the midst of not only a heat wave at the moment, but also a cost of living crisis. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I am imagining, and I've, I've also heard and read a bit that this is, you know, the likelihood of rescues being inundated, maybe with um, with pets uh, from people who just can't afford yeah. um, to look after them. Um, is that something that you know, rescues are prepared. I don't know how you could prepare for that. I think but... it's a really relevant question. And, mm. and uh, you know, I think, yeah, I certainly, so I've just come back from a couple of days um, with my team, or like a conference, and that was mentioned. And there are things that are being put in place or, or ideas being put, put forward, whether it's um, approaching food banks and, and donating mm. food um, or, or looking at... Um, other ways we can help things it's difficult because i don't want to again give too much away about certain rescues but no, sure there are sure. certainly things in place and i think everyone's very aware of it um and i think you know i feel the pressure in myself you know i've got a lot of pets they 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 cost me money and i love them but um prices go up and you have mm. to maybe make some exchanges and i think it's really interesting again as us us to think about how do we we always want our dogs to get 110 percent of the best life ever spoil them give them everything they need but there are compromises there and i think some rescues are now beginning to see okay how can we compromise with things how can we support people how can we how can we bridge that gap um how can we uh, help people before it gets to that point Mm. rather than be there just to rescue yeah. Um, we can get in there a lot earlier. Um, uh, even, you know, the small things can make a big difference. Helping people budget, helping. And again, this just goes to all the skills that we need as, as, as the supporters of people and their dogs, you know, helping them to budget, help, helping them to, you know, as, as a, when I work privately, I would have a list of, I'd never go uh, to the, the budget 
uh, dog foods because that we know that that doesn't help a dog at all. But I wouldn't ever push people to go for the best of the best of the best. I would always give options. Mm. So I think rescues are thinking more outside of the box now about how how can we help people before it gets too bad rather than just looking at the dogs that come in through the doors. Mm-hmm. Um, because let's face it, the dog that comes in through the door is is going to cost the rescue more money than us potentially providing a different sort of support um, while that dog's still in a home that mm-hmm. is less costly to us and more beneficial to the owners and the dog. I mean, how sure yeah. if you love your dog, but you have to give them up because you can't. Oh, I mean, yeah. I... Like, you know, I know a lot of us think of rescue as people not wanting their dog, but a lot, believe me, a lot of people want their dog. They just can't. Um, so I think rescues are definitely, um, and I have, I've heard the words cost of living several times over the last week and definitely yeah. know of some things that are being put in place um, and ideas and strategies and, 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 things that are looking to be put in place well ahead of it becoming a crisis that's really interesting because that's something i i maybe on a lot of people probably wouldn't have considered the fact that rescues actually look at it from a proactive but let's get in there before before like yeah, before yeah. the kennels in there before the we don't want dogs to come in yeah <laughs> we don't want them i think uh corinne <laughs> stay there yeah no yeah no it makes perfect sense and corinne today was talking to me about um stealing her thunder a little bit here she'll hate me but um but um she was gonna i can write a blog or make some some canva meme or something about cheaper ways that you can use treats for example like for for example when we um we've been buying liver like i, I mostly mm-hmm. eat plant-based food so absolutely disgusting cooking liver up but like one pound, like 15 a packet. Do you know what I mean? Like sort of thing in the in the supermarket. You can cook it up. You can freeze it. You know, it lasts as treats for, you know, cut it into tiny little cubes or make liver cake or something like that. But, you know, those little options rather than buying sort of shop bought treats or, you know, treats from pets at home or something that cost you like a yeah. five or a bag or something. But they'll only last a couple of days. You know, yeah. those sorts of things can go a long way. I know it's only one drop in the no, ocean, but it but... does make a difference yeah. and it also stops people uh, owners from feeling overwhelmed yeah um and we know again people bringing their dogs into rescue they're overwhelmed for whatever reason be it their fault someone else's fault the situation whatever they are overwhelmed mm-hmm. and you add financial pressures onto that i mean again you know i have a huge you know i have loads of animals i adore them but i have i've, I've stopped ordering some things as regularly i may be ordering certain things once every two months instead of once a month but I have the knowledge to know what do they need to be happy and healthy nutritionally enrichment space etc what do they need and I would say I have cut down on a few few of the uh, indulgences but maybe I was already old overindulging them who knows but, um... <laughs> oh we all like doing that anyway yeah, don't, don't, we? don't ask my partner about yeah. how, how I overindulge them so you know <laughs> But there are, you know, again, we can we can pass on knowledge about what is necessary. You know, I would never, ever say to someone, you know, feed the worst of the worst cheapo brand because it will come back and it will come back in a vet bill. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that we have the knowledge to to explain that. But I can definitely um, advise on a good middle of the range dog food that you can probably still get from the supermarket mm. it's just a bit better it'll make mm-hmm. your dog a bit healthier um but it's not expensive so we can use this knowledge you know it's not it's not in-depth learning theory and 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 behavior modification it, it's being real without without bit clients owners people that might need to give up their dog it, it, it's thinking about our knowledge and really applying it with the advice we give about how we can keep keep dogs in a home you know if i think if you ask any rescue person what would you prefer keep the dog in the home bring the dog in i mean yeah we know some dogs aren't compatible but we'll ignore that but you know we will always try to keep those dogs in a home that's perfect and i think i think it's really i think it's really great that you you know raised the 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 question um because it, it we are always having to adapt to what's going on in the world and, you know, yeah, we just work with dogs. That's all we do. But, you know, we work with people that have dogs and everything affects them. And I think, again, everyone that I've met in rescue, 
they are very compassionate and very empathetic and I think it's our job to think outside the box mm-hmm. um you know to 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 listen to those little little uh comments that people make and see the subtext and maybe offer some advice about you know cardboard boxes cheap enrichment you don't have to buy toys yeah you know it, there's so much you can do that's you know that's cheap and cheerful and telling people that they're still making their animal happy yeah and yeah. that's important happy and healthy is all that's important spending loads of money on this that and the other doesn't matter we can give them advice on how to cut corners but still achieve what they need to have a healthy dog mm-hmm. um i think that's going to be high on the agenda um in the coming well definitely months years i think coming up especially like you know dealing with the adverse weather conditions it's all gotten a bit depressing isn't it but um <laughs> it's the Quick, apocalypse the where's the puppy go i love i love I, I, you say that though i mean depressing like, but when you when you sort of like open the doors to how you could use like a screwed up you know plastic milk bottle as a as a toy or you know cardboard box filled with ripped up bits of other cardboard boxes or when you when you um people always love it when i show them oh, what's the website all about mm-hmm, that's a mm-hmm. great that's a pretty good resource i think in terms of like you can stick a budget in there and then you can see you know you can look at all sorts of different things on there and i like that as well but yeah there's, yeah yeah, there's yeah. Loads of and ways. carrots carrots yeah <laughs> I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. I mean, 19p, bag of carrots. That's got my dogs chewing bag, bag all week. Bag of wonky carrots. Wonky carrots. Here we come. And yeah. if, you, if your dogs don't like him, you'll have excellent night vision. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say my rabbits might argue over the carrots with the dogs, but hey. Oh, that's, yeah, true. That's Although, Sorry, rabbits. Fun fact, you shouldn't feed carrots to rabbits. Really? Wow. They're, they're too sugary. They should be a very, very infrequent to, uh, treat. I blame Bugs Bunny. Yeah, Bugs Bunny has a mm-hmm. lot to answer for. Mm-hmm. Lots to answer for. Is Bugs Bunny actually? Uh, is it? Is Bugs Bunny actually a rabbit? I know that sounds like a stupid question, but it was, I, I seem to. Yeah, but he that. stood up, didn't he? He 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 had a very long torso and long legs, and he always had a carrot. But no, no clothes. He wasn't. No clothes. Okay. Naked. 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 But naked. But naked. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that was a real shift change there, guys. <laughs> From like the end, of the, the end of the world, the end of the world to uh, Bugs Bunny's bare butt. And I don't think we actually cleared up whether Bugs Bunny was actually a rabbit or not. He is a rabbit. I was he going, yeah, no, where, where I was going with, he obviously he looks like a rabbit, but I was going for, is he a hare or is he, uh, oh, you know, oh, is it, and, and could a hare eat a carrot? That's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm. I, I don't think they'd say no. 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 No, they probably wouldn't, would they? Uh, fun fact: Go on. a baby hare is called a leveret. A leveret. Mm. Nice word, isn't it? I like it. A leveret. I do like that word. Yeah, it's a good word. There's a lovely word. There's um like a hair trail in Southampton at the moment. Is there? Um, and it, honestly, they're beautiful. I put a picture on my Facebook of two. The it's a big bronze statue of two boxing hares just outside the Guildhall. And the sun was coming through it. And oh, I've got beautiful. all David Bailey about it it's on the floor. Like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> I've had some people say, is this a rabbit or a hare? And I'm like, you'll know if it's a hare. Because it will be like, it will be like, um, like the god of yeah. rabbits. You'll be like, god of rabbits. That's a stunning rabbit. That is a beautiful rabbit. That's an elegant, yeah. you know, beautiful rabbit. Not a rabbit, it's a hare. I've never seen I've never seen a hare, but my um oh. I know that my mother in law once was in a in a field somewhere in Hampshire um with her family and she got all excited and she's waving her arms and she's going, look, look over there, it's a it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a, and then she shouted kangaroo. <laughs> <when> she, <laughs> and then she and then they went, then what, what kangaroo? Kangaroo's and she went, No, 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 not a kangaroo, not a kangaroo, and then she went, Wallaby, and then pointed no, no, no. <laughs> And it was I mean, a hair. They, do, they do look a bit like that because their legs are so long. When their legs oh, are outstretched, you could miss it. I've mistaken a hair for a muntjac before. Um, yeah. But <laughs> at tr- last true story here, when I worked at the Wildlife Trust, uh, one of my colleagues was looking out the window once and he just went, there's a wallaby in the garden. And we were all like, yeah, right. No, there isn't. There was. 
wow. escaped from the petting zoo up the road oh, and, okay. and wandered down. So then we, the whole office was then in, engaged in catching say, said water wallaby. Catch that. Lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> he was quite tame and happy. So we just got some food bribery and um, mm-hmm. walked him back up the lane. Like, oh, so that was good. Yeah, um, no, no chasing him down. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, again, beauty of working in some rescues, RSPCA, Blue Cross, multiple species. Yeah, you never know what you might you might see, what you might come across. Yeah, yeah, it it's, can be. Uh, yeah, not that I'm saying you're going to come across a wallaby, but it can happen. <laughs> well, my my local RSPCA uh, a few months back, a, a lady turned up in a in her car, opened the back door, and let a peacock out. Wowzers! And um, we were ne- we went were never quite sure if if the peacock was lost or whether they do wonder. They do wonder from their like whether she'd driven through an estate by yeah, accident, seen a peacock, and peacock. I think she did actually just steal a peacock. <laughs> peacocks blow my mind. I I, I just just can't compute peacocks. I've, I've seen a few in real life, and they're just incredible. Absolutely incredible animals. I just yeah, like yeah, absolutely amazing. They make a real good sound as well. Uh, yeah, definitely. What sound is it like, Steve? Um, it's a real high pitch, like it's got like <laughs> like sort of sound, isn't it? Like yeah, it's very very like that. They go. I they could go, go bigger. They go ah. Yeah, that's it. No, you're right. You are right. Is that? Have Again, really if you have work experience in various places, you learn things that you didn't think yeah. would come in handy. But now I can do a peacock impression. <laughs> okay. add right. Some, add some depth to your. Skills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, don't let don't let your skill set go go sour. Yeah, don't let it be no. too. Don't let it be too. You know, one line. Because <laughs> you might need to tell a funny story one day. <laughs> So, right, let's start wrapping things up a little bit then, shall we, I think. Um, so I guess the basic premise here is, right, that we want people to feel the that they can reach out, that they can connect with other people in similar industries or connect with people that are, you know, in exactly the same industry as them. We want we want to promote that. And, and the reason being is it's massively beneficial. It's beneficial for for. For the companies that you're going to reach out to, if you're volunteering, like we're talking about rescue today, um, it's beneficial for the person to learn and get experience that they wouldn't normally get. It's yeah. even beneficial if you might get a few knockbacks. You might even get, you know, you might learn something. You might, it might make you take another avenue that you hadn't considered before that works out really, yeah. really well. It's character building, yeah. I would say, you know. So connecting communities, good. It's good. Good thing to do, right, Sarah? Yeah, I think so. Yes, in summary. But yeah, no, I think, and I think those connections will come to benefit you when you least expect them. Mm. And I think they'll enrich you, they'll enrich your career. It is very scary. I think that that's the thing mm. about connecting. It's very scary. Um, and I'd say even the best people, people out of us would still prefer dogs. That's that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is. I think it's actually worse for people in our industry. I think it. I think it could be a genuine problem that that I think giving good careers advice, if you want to call it that, can help tackle because it gives people some confidence. It gives them some conviction. They know they're at least going down the right line, so mm-hmm. they are at least can be persistent on the right line without feeling like am I making mis- a mistake am I am I putting all this effort in for no reason am I going through all this not all these you know all this stress for no reason what I really hope we can communicate with the talk is this is the right way to go yeah. um and it will be okay and it'll be worth it I'm gonna put that on my last slide I've not written it yet this is a spoiler but I think I might have to put that on the last slide it's worth it <laughs> yeah with a picture of a peacock yeah <laughs> and all my dogs and animals yeah oh yeah well that's that's a given that it's is a given <laughs> so one one final question it's a question we've been asking everyone 
Um, if there was to be such a thing as entrance music as you walk on stage oh to God, do your talk. Oh, my God, you should have prepared me. <laughs> well, no, we don't like, we like it to be off the cuff. If, if there was, uh, what, would you, what would you pick, Sarah? No, um, I'm 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 a relatively silly, clumsy person, so I don't think it would be elegant or beautiful. <laughs> I think it would be uh, like maybe an S Club Seven song, like "Reach for the Stars." Oh, amazing! amazing. We, that would think, get the crowd going. Like actions as well. <laughs> yeah. Anyone that doesn't like that song, uh, there's something wrong with you. I mean, I've probably heard it. It was out when I was at uni, and it was like the song to yeah. dance to. Uh, and it still it still gets me going now. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it would, it would. So yeah, no, good gosh, that's. Uh, I'm gonna, I, I'm we're gonna, I'm gonna go away after this and like think about that question and what it means. Oh no, you fair, we take your first answer. Sorry. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly. Yeah, I would, I would add, I have a very, very long, long, long time ago been topless on a podium dancing to reach for the stars wow so i can't i can't um, are you going to edit that sentence out or you gonna... can't be held responsible for <laughs> what i might do if uh, if that song comes i think yeah. if there's photographic evidence of that that should be the cover photo no and evidence. if if it's my entrance song don't see my thunder thank you very much yeah. <laughs> i just dress just as a peacock and be like yeah. <laughs> Sarah, you'll be like, wow, the crowd are really, really excited about me and behind you, Steve, on the, on the podium. <laughs> what makes you think they'd be excited by that? Well, yeah, true. In fairness, yeah, I, will, I will edit it out because this will damage ticket sales. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it is pretty funny. <laughs> be an early lunch. <laughs> <laughs> or it, it might wake them up after lunch. Yeah, true, yeah. Or, it's, or, or I could chase them back into the venue so everyone gets in on time for the talk. So sure, like, we can make it work. Yes, some, there's there's somewhere, there's a way it can work, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you so, so much for coming to talk. So I'm, yeah, thank I am Sarah. proper infused about listening to your talk now. I'm yeah, infused. Right, I need to sit down and make sure it's amazing. Oh, you've got ages yet. Yeah, ages. ages. <laughs> That's not, it doesn't feel like that long. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it will fly up. by. Yeah, it will fly by. Time at the moment moves very, very, very quickly. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so we will do our normal fake bye bye, but hang around because we'll say a normal bye bye at the end. Yes, okay. Bye <laughs> okay. bye. Bye. Atoms collide, our cells divide, just like they've always done. A spark of life, we multiply this ride, has just begun. Stretches back through all time. Time guided by a primal desire to simply survive. Survive, you can't keep it down. And we're 
one exists It's our duty to persist Resist and fight and defend till the end Another's right to all this This bliss A wish A kiss You can't keep me down You know And I can't keep you down I know And it won't be kept